Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Hello, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson across the nation. The phone number, if you want to be on the program, 877-973-7425. Always happy to have you. We need to, well, talk about a very specific topic for the next little while. I want to give you some history. It's something you learn in uh, a lot of times if you learn about the New Deal in college, if you take American history, 20th century American history, if you take a con law class, you learn about something called the switch in time that saved nine. Now, there has been some historic revisionism in the last 15 years about it, but prior to that, it hasn't really been disputed, and most historians don't dispute it now either. It's just some progressives uh, don't like how it portrays progressives, and so they've tried to rearrange history. The switch in time that saved nine was something that happened in the United States Supreme Court in the late uh, 1930s, early 1940s. Franklin Delano Roosevelt got elected during the Great Depression, and Roosevelt began an aggressive expansion of the federal government to uh, try to uh, take command of the American economy, control it, and get us out of the recession. But he was faced with a conservative United States Supreme Court that regularly struck down his proposals. The United States Supreme Court kept killing the early New Deal plans. Roosevelt was so frustrated with the U.S. Supreme Court killing his plans, Roosevelt proposed to stack or pack the United States Supreme Court. He wanted to add seats. Does that sound like familiar history to you? He wanted to blow up the court. And so Roosevelt submitted legislation to add seats to the United States Supreme Court to allow him to pick new justices so that he would have a majority on the court and it would not be able to, in nine, uh, five to four decisions, kill his proposal. Miraculously, a couple of members of the Supreme Court flipped their position. And Wickard versus Filburn, among others, dies. Uh, the Lochner case and others, uh, just Roosevelt's plan is suddenly upheld by the Supreme Court and longstanding Supreme Court precedent dies. It was interpreted at the time and ever since until very recently as a switch in time that saved nine, that a couple of members of the Supreme Court flipped their votes. Roosevelt killed his legislation that would have expanded the court and the New Deal era became law and history. The problem here now for the left is that uh, not only do they not command a majority of the court, they have uh, at most a 5-4 conservative majority and typically a 6-3 conservative majority with Roberts joining the majority, although it's not as uh, clean as that in most cases. But they also, they don't control the House they barely control the Senate. They can't get rid of the filibuster. They're kind of stuck. 
And then there's the Dobbs decision. The Dobbs decision got rid of Roe v. Wade. The Dobbs decision did not ban abortion. All the Dobbs decision said is that it's a state issue and each state gets to decide for itself. You don't really hear that in the hysteria from the media that leans to the left. It's always a a banned abortion nationwide. It really didn't do that. So you have that and you've got a number of decisions that are coming up, a number of cases coming up. So what the left has decided to do is, is they can't do a switch in time to save nine. So instead, they just intend to destroy the court. They have launched a a cluster bomb on the court to destroy everything. They began with attacks on Clarence Thomas and his friendship with the billionaire Harlan Crow, suggesting financial impropriety, never mind that Harlan Crow didn't have business before the court. In fact, members of the media claimed Harlan Crow's companies had business before the court, and Clarence Thomas refused to recuse himself. Upon examination, it turned out uh, that the company that had business before the court was not actually owned by Harlan Crow at the time it had business before the court. Later, it was purchased by a subsidiary of one of Crow's uh, businesses, if I understand it right, but at the time had no relationship whatsoever. They also accused Clarence Thomas of not filing financial disclosures related to a piece of property he owned. The problem is he did. Uh, It's just his company was an LLC. The media reported it was an LLP, which is a partnership, not a company. And so the media got the story wrong. They got the basic facts wrong, but they never they never actually reported the accurate facts. They just claimed that Clarence Thomas violated ethics rules. He did no such thing, by the way. He really genuinely did not. In one case, they caught him on a technicality and he amended his financial returns. And in the others, uh, they actually made stuff up. Same happened with Neil Gorsuch. With Neil Gorsuch, they have uh, complained that Neil Gorsuch failed to disclose the sale of a property. The problem is that Neil Gorsuch did not own the property. Neil Gorsuch owned membership in a limited liability company. When he sold his interest in the limited liability company, he reported that. The media claimed that he refused to report the sale of a property, which he was not legally obligated to do. In fact, had he reported the sale of the property, he would have created financial improprieties because he didn't own the property. The media refused to correct it. They're now attacking Brett Kavanaugh, claiming that there were far more sinister reports of his conduct that were never disclosed by the Senate. Uh, Thus far, the people who are saying these things have already been discredited. Even the Democrats didn't treat it as credible at the time, but the media is running with it now to go after Brett Kavanaugh. They're also attacking John Roberts' wife for alleged financial improprieties. Her impropriety is, get this, she has a job. She has a job. They're also attacking George Mason University's uh, Antonin Scalia School of Law, claiming that the conservatives on the court earn side income there with conservatives. Uh, Elena Kagan does the same thing with Harvard. They haven't actually talked about Elena Kagan's deal with Harvard, uh, claiming instead that somehow it's improper that Supreme Court justices get paid on the side to do lectures in law schools. All of them do it. Justice Breyer did it when he was there. He still does it. Justice Kagan does it. The left does it, but the media won't report on the left. They're only reporting on conservatives. The reason they are doing it is to destroy the credibility of the court because the court was law useful to the left. It had a conservative bent since the Rehnquist era, but was never as aggressive in rolling back the precedents of the court. When Antonin Scalia and William Rehnquist and Sandra Day O'Connor were there, the Supreme Court believed in something uh, called stare decisis. 
They still believe in stare decisis, not as aggressively. And essentially, what stare decisis means is that the prior opinions of the court shape the current opinions of the court. So if the court did something in 1796, that case shapes the opinions of the court in 2023, stare decisis. The problem is what if the court got something wrong? Many members of the court over time had believed you must slow walk away from opinions of the court. What the Dobbs decision did is say, listen, if the court got something wrong, uh, we're going to completely reverse it. Look what we did with Brown versus Board uh, versus Plessy versus Ferguson. Plessy versus Ferguson said separate but equal schools were constitutional. Brown versus Board says the court got it wrong and we walked away. We didn't slowly walk away from it using stare decisis. We just walked away from it because it was bad. They did the same thing with Dobbs. Well, the left can't tolerate that and they can't tolerate it because of a very obscure case, Looper Bright. Uh, versus, uh, what's her name, Uh, the Secretary of Commerce, Gina Raimondo. This case, Luber Bright, is before the Supreme Court. They agreed to take it today, and everyone in legal circles expected it to come. If the conservatives continue on their track record of blowing up stare decisis when they think prior courts have gotten it wrong, they are about to gut the progressive bureaucracy of the federal government. The bureaucracy of the federal government has run its course a very long way, and over time, progressives have captured it. What you may not understand is there's a quirk in federal law. In an outgoing presidential administration, employees of that administration can get ahead of the line to apply for federal jobs in the bureaucracy. When Bill Clinton left office, a lot of Clinton employees applied for jobs in the federal bureaucracy and got them and stymied George W. Bush. When Barack Obama left office, a lot of Obama employees got jobs in the federal bureaucracy and stymied Donald Trump. And presidents have not been able to just wholesale fire these people because of another quirk in federal law. Even though it's the executive branch, the Civil Service Act prevents the president from firing all these people. So you've had progressives over multiple administrations stockpiling themselves within the bureaucracy. And they've used something called the Chevron deference to end or expand their powers and end uh, congressional authorizations. What the Chevron case comes about from the late 80s, Chevron versus NRDC, it essentially says that federal bureaucrats get to decide what Congress means. When Congress drafts a law and the law is unclear, the federal bureaucrats get to decide what Congress means and the courts are bound by the interpretation. In the Looper Bright case, there is a federal rule regarding uh, fisheries in the Atlantic and the preservation of those fisheries. The National Oceanic uh, Administration used to monitor the fisheries for the federal government, but their budget ran out. So what the NOAA decided to do was make fishermen put monitors on their boats. Those monitors would go to sea and monitor how the fishermen were fishing and report back to the federal government spying on the fishermen. 
when the budget ran out for the NOAA to pay for the monitors, they said, hey, you know what? Using Chevron analysis, analysis, we're going to make the fishermen cover the costs. So the fishermen have to pay $700 per day per monitor. These monitors make more than the fishermen, and it comes out of the fishermen's pocket. So the fishermen, Mr. Looper and Mr. Bright, they filed a lawsuit against the Commerce Department. You should know it was the Trump administration that ratified the rule. The Obama administration created it, and Wilbur Ross, the Commerce Secretary under Donald Trump, affirmed the rule, forcing the fishermen to pay for the monitors on their boats. The fishermen don't have enough money to pay, and they get penalized if they don't pay. So they filed suit, and they lost before a liberal judge. And they went to the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, and they lost again before a liberal panel. And now the conservatives at the court have decided to take the case. If the conservatives at the court roll back the Chevron doctrine or get rid of it altogether, as five of them have suggested needed to happen, Katie barred the door on rolling back the progressive bureaucracy. The progressives and the bureaucracy will no longer be allowed to take vague congressional statutes and expand their power. It's a huge case. What you're seeing in the media among the progressives is a full-throated effort to destroy the credibility of the court with the American people before the Looper Bright case is decided. This doesn't really have a lot to do with Roe v. Wade anymore. It's that the court has been useful to progressives for a very long time. And because it's no longer useful to progressives and now might actually really harm the progressive agenda, they have to destroy the court. They can't get rid of the tenured justices who can only be replaced through impeachment or resignation. So instead, what they want to do is delegitimize the court in the eyes of the American public as best they can so that any court decision moving forward is seen completely as political and is therefore discredited as legitimate. And they got to do it quickly because Looper Bright is coming. They're mad about Roe v. Wade going, and they're fearful of what's going to happen. And so they just want to destroy the Supreme Court as best they can. We're watching the media help them. And you know what? It doesn't matter because they can't get rid of these justices. I keep having friends tell me they realized I was right. Every time you wash sheets from Bowling Branch, they get softer and softer. They're the most luxurious sheets. The highest quality, incredible craftsmanship with just unmatched softness. 100% traceable organic cotton. It gets softer with every wash. I tell you guys that it's true. I can tell you it's a big difference, and I have bought different pairs of sheets to try to find some best. I keep coming back to my Bowling Brand sheets. They're incredible. They're buttery to the touch, super breathable. They're perfect for cooler weather and warmer weather. Why the drape? You actually feel like you've got something of substance on you so you can snuggle in, but you don't get overwhelmingly hot during the during the summertime, and it's just the perfect weight under the blanket as well during the wintertime. I love Boland Brand sheets. They're so luxurious. They're loved by four U.S. presidents. Got over 10,000 raving reviews. Right now, get 50% off your first order when you use promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at BolandBranch.com. That's BolandBranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. The promo code is ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. I saw something on Twitter and I wasn't sure. You know how things are on Twitter. I wasn't sure it was true. I've got a text from a friend saying, to his knowledge, it is true. Um, But 
they didn't really want to make a big deal about it. Audrey Hale, the murderer who killed the six people at uh, Covenant Christian School in Nashville, Tennessee, the families at the school contributed money to help cover the cost of Hale's funeral because the parents of the shooter could not afford it. Just let that sink in. What's interesting are the number of people who are angry with the families at the school who did it. Um, They're not taking credit for it, but uh, appears to be true. Um, As part of forgiveness, they helped cover those costs. My goodness. Um, All right. uh, We got to move on because I need to, well, I don't really have, well, yeah, I uh, just real quick. I can do this. Y'all, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is not your friend. You may agree with him on the COVID vaccine, but he is a general vaccine conspiracy theorist. He is also an environmentalist who has wanted harm to come to those who deny that global warming is real. He is an authoritarian. He is not your friend. He is not a conservative. He has never been a conservative. He is a hyper-progressive authoritarian, and it is amazing to me to see so many people on the right singing his praises because he was right on the COVID vaccine or claims to be right on the COVID vaccine when he's been wrong about so many other things, including the climate, including uh, vaccine ties to autism and the like. Uh, He even lured in Louis Farrakhan into his anti-vaccine conspiracy theories. Stop thinking Robert F. Kennedy is one of you because he speaks your language on one issue. He is not your friend and would gladly see you at the firing line because you don't believe in in climate change. Be careful with that. Now, if you want your kids to learn financial management skills so they're careful with their money, you should send them to BeSensibleSmart.com. China has made it a priority to teach their preschool students basic financial management skills. The Sensibles are a team of animated superheroes. Kids 6 through 12 can learn basic financial management skills. BeSensibleSmart.com has created a channel with multimedia resources for kids to learn these skills. You can get a Sensible subscription for your kids. They get an entertaining DVD, comic book, activities, digital subscriptions are available. They'll access an interactive website with a library of lessons. And you can get 20% off by using my name, Eric, as a promo code at BeSensibleSmart.com. If you want the website, just text ENGAGE, E-N-G-A-G-E, ENGAGE, to 33777, and I'll send you the link to BeSensibleSmart.com. Use my name for 20% off. Get your kids a subscription to The Sensibles today. Hi there. It is Eric Erickson here. Hope you're having a great day. The phone number, 877 973-7425. I was going to put this off till later, but it just, there's so much to say on it. Have you guys heard about the, uh, the Indiana city councilman who now identifies as uh, non-white and female? Uh, Let me see. Indiana city councilman, uh, trans, uh, yes, this is it. Um, it is the guy's name is Ryan uh, Webb. This is so funny. Community members showed up in force at the Delaware County Council meeting Tuesday, and most who spoke 
were demanding Ryan Webb resign as a member of council following his declaration on Facebook that he identifies as a woman of color. If he were serious, I'd sing his praises, says Charlize Jameson, a transgender female. But instead, I know better, we all do, I know better because of his history of making hateful anti-trans statements on social media and disrespecting one's pronouns. He has purposefully and intentionally misgendered me, ridiculing my own gender identity. This is not something transgender people do to one another. Um, Webb says uh, this is his own personal journey. And how dare anyone criticize him? Webb says that he is exploring himself and that um, your outrage is inappropriate. Now, if you haven't heard, this is part of the news story out of Indiana. Uh, this is this is the actual news report. A councilman is coming out as a transgender, as transgender, and a woman of color. Delaware County Councilman Ryan Webb announced that he now identifies as an Indian American woman. Since that announcement, he's received some support, but a lot of backlash, many calling him childish, despicable, even calling for things like execution. In a statement Webb gave to IT Mate, he says, quote, it is unfortunate that I cannot simply be given the same space and respect to explore my identity that so many of those targeting me demand for themselves. It's possible I may change my mind down the road. The process of identity exploration is complex, and oftentimes at the end of our personal journey, we end right back where we started. Webb goes on to tell IT Mate this is just his true, authentic self. <laughs> well done. Uh, why not? Why not? Austin Killips has now beaten a lot of women in a bike race. Austin Killips uh, was not a very successful male racer and decided to identify as female. Uh, it's a historic day, according to cycling historians, because it's the first time a trans woman has won a major race. That's right. Uh, Killips won the race, being a biological female, the tour of the the... I'm assuming it's Hilla instead of Gila five race event. What a moment it must have been, according to Outkick, for biological males cycling against biological females. Uh, what's so crazy here is, is dude really looks like a dude. Uh, and all these people are cheering him on for beating these women. Uh, what's so crazy is... He didn't even change his name. He's still Austin Killips. And the second place writer, Marcella Prito of Mexico, um, came in first as a biological female, but doesn't get any of the credit. Um, taking money from biological women for a cause and a councilman is coming out as a transgender. No, stop the as transgender. We've already played that. The, the 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 media is treating this as some sort of major success. And then there's there's Chuck Todd here. 
Let me play this exchange with Vivek Ramaswamy uh, about biology and gender. But below the age of 18, I think it's perfectly legitimate to say that we won't allow genital mutilation or chemical castration through puberty blockers You're for the purpose of that, transition. But how do you know it's that? Again, how do you know, are, are you confident that you know that gender uh, is... Uh, as binary as you're describing it, are you confident that it isn't a spectrum? I uh, am. You know I'm, this as a scientist? Well, there's there's two X chromosomes if you're a woman, an X and a Y. That means there's you're a, a lot man. of so scientific research out there. There's a lot of scientific research out there that says gender is a spectrum. Chuck, I, I respectfully disagree. Gender dysphoria for most of our history, all the way through the DSM-5, has been characterized as a mental health disorder. And I don't think it's compassionate to affirm that. I think that's cruelty. When a kid is crying out for help, mm -hmm. what they're asking for is, you got to ask the question of what else is going wrong at home. Notice how Chuck Todd says there, there's actually uh, scientific research. It's actually sociological research, which is not really scientific research. Uh, it's not scientists. It's sociologists. The sociologists, particularly from the women and gender studies and, and the queer theory groups, have done these studies that show this, but uh, there's no scientific basis for this. They, they just try to stretch definitions or, or compact definitions. They've got the media buying into this sort of nonsense, and yet uh, biology laughs at them. Biology says there are men and there are women, uh, that sex is binary. And what's so crazy here is that what they do is, is they do these work and say, well, what about gender? Gender is not the same as sex, except they treat sex and gender as the same now. If, if you don't treat sex and gender as the same anymore in the trans community, you're outdated. If you want to see where this madness goes, look no further than Dr. Phil. Oh, yes. I'm going to play you this exchange now. Uh, there, there's no language warning here, but this is, this is, this is a little bit sensitive. You, you, got, a, you got a logical end game here. Do you have any regrets about taking your own vision or the process with which you, you did take your own vision? I don't have any regrets taking my vision. I believe I should have been born blind, and I'm happy the way I am. I do have some regrets about <clears throat> the way I did it, but I'm ha in the end, I'm happy the way I am. Dr. Phil, I, with all due respect to Jewel, but I am having a really hard time, really hard time Sitting so close to someone who traumatized herself, who damaged herself, we took an oath in medicine to help people. We see horrible tragedies every single day as doctors and people <clears throat> who would give anything to go back and restore their vision, their health. My heart is beating out of my chest. I can't even make sense of the emotions I'm feeling because to hear someone say, I've, o I've always felt I should be blind. Well, I've always felt I should be the Queen of England, but I'm not going out to become the Queen of England. This young lady, Jewel, poured bleach into her eyes to permanently blind herself because she identified as blind. She felt, she said, for a long time that she should be blind. And so she destroyed her eyes so that she could match herself to the handicap she perceived that she had. Now, we look at this and we say this is madness. Is it not the same 
for the biological male or female who mutilate themselves to conform to the gender they think they should be. Is that not mental health? You have uh, queer theories and women and gender studies professors say, oh, we have scientific research that shows that that gender is, is a spectrum. No, you don't. You have wishful thinking. You went into it with a prearranged end and you researched it and packaged it in such a way to get the end that you want. It's no different than this young lady who poured bleach into her eyes to make herself permanently blind. Why do we give one the pass and not the other? And notice the outrage about the Indiana Councilman. The Indiana Councilman now identifies as a trans Indian American woman. Why is he wrong? Why is he wrong? Because of his intent? That's the criticism. He didn't intend it. It's not authentic to him. Really? We have a federal judge, and you will not be surprised to learn it is a progressive federal judge, has now declared that uh, lived facts, lived facts are relevant. What is a lived fact? A lived fact is when someone lives their wife life in a certain way, Contrary to what we may think is fact, the lived fact is valid. This is Gigi versus Gloucester. It's the first federal lawsuit under Title IX in which a transgender student has successfully sued a school for not accommodating the student's restroom request. Judge Andre Davis, a Democratic federal judge, wrote a concurrence in support of the student in which he said male and female are lived facts. Therefore, if you live your life as a female, even though you have the outward appearance of a male, your lived fact transforms or transcends biology. We are living in insane, bad crap, crazy times, people. Uh, when, when, when you have someone who can declare themselves a trans Indian American female and the trans community says, no, you're not because you didn't respect our pronouns. It's the authenticity by which the person embraces it, which means it's it's mental. It's a state of mind. I mean, you're you're proving there's a mental issue here when it's a state of mind issue. It, it has nothing to do with physical transformation, even going through the surgeries and the like, and a lot of them don't. You have this girl, Angel, who pours bleach into her eyes to render herself permanently blind because she's always identified as a blind person, and we look at her and say she's nuts. You have a man who decides to to chop off his male reproductive organs and use it as to plastic surgery, uh, build essentially a tunnel into his, into his body for a uh, to recreate the female's reproductive organ, and you don't think that's insane? We're supposed to accept it as normal? Seriously, people, we're living in not just insane times, but deeply contradictory times where the contradiction should show the insanity, and instead the insane people say they're the normal ones. When the insane asylum run takes over, let the crazy people run it, normal seems crazy. We are living in insane times where those of you who still have your sanity about you seem to be the crazy people. Do not lose your mind. Insanity will eventually burn itself out. The problem is how many people will be ruined along the way.
I, 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 I don't know. I'm just, I, I, it's not even that I'm old fashioned. It's that I'm just not a crazy person and neither are most of you just wow. Now I, I got to tell you about the Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. You get the three pack right now. You can get three Eden Pure Thunderstorms for less than $200. You go to EdenPureDeals.com. You put in the discount code, Eric, E-R-I-C-K, my name. You noticing a theme on these promo codes? Yes, my name. E-R-I-C-K, best of both worlds, at EdenPureDeals.com. Now, what is the Eden Pure Thunderstorm? It's an air purifier, so it gets rid of the dust and the pollen and the like, but also it is an odor eliminator. So you fire up the Eden Pure Thunderstorm, and it's going to get rid of the noxious odors that are floating around. Smoke odors, litter box odors, general pet odors, frying odors, musty odors. It works. I carry one with me because it's small. You can hold it in your hand. Plug it into the wall. If you're in a car, you can plug it up with a USB cord to a to an outlet in your car, and it'll fire up and run. If someone's been smoking in a rental car, use it. It wipes out those odors. Someone's been smoking in a hotel room. It'll wipe out those odors. You've been cooking in the kitchen, frying shrimp, and it stinks in the kitchen. Fire it up. It'll wipe out those odors. It really works. You get three of them upstairs, downstairs, your basement, your RV, wherever you need them. Get them for less than $200. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code, Eric, E-R-I-C-K. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. Wherever you are nationwide, they can help your business grow. Buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise. Need $750,000 or more, reach out to them. FirstLibertyGA.com. Tell them I sent you. FirstLibertyGA.com. Whether you're in Bridgeport, Connecticut or Salem, Oregon, anywhere in the nation, they can help you. FirstLibertyGA.com. I want to replay the clip from Tucker Carlson, or Tucker Carlson, sorry, I was watching a video on Tucker in the break. This is from Chuck Todd, again, his exchange with Vivek Ramaswamy about trans ideology. Listen to this. But below the age of 18, I think it's perfectly legitimate to say that we won't allow genital mutilation or chemical castration through puberty blockers You're for the purpose of that, transition. But how do you know it's that? Again, how do you know, are, are you confident that you know that gender uh, is uh, as binary as you're describing it, are you confident that it isn't a spectrum? I uh, am. Do you know I'm, this as a scientist? Well, there's there's two X chromosomes. If you're a woman, an X and a Y, that means there's you're a man. There's a lot of scientific research out there. There's a lot of scientific research out there that says gender is a spectrum. Chuck, I, I respectfully disagree. Gender dysphoria for most of our history, all the way through the DSM-5, has been characterized as a mental health disorder. And I don't think it's compassionate to affirm that. I think that's cruelty. When a kid is crying out for help, mm -hmm. what they're asking for is, you got to ask the question of what else is going wrong at home? What else is going wrong at school? Let's be compassionate and get to the heart of that, rather than playing this game as though we're actually changing right. our medical understanding but for the last years. I go back years. to this. If a parent is dealing with a child that has these, that yes. may have these issues, trust me, the parent, the last thing they want to do is consider something like this. But if that is what they think could help their child pursue happiness or they're not to kill themselves, I, why take away that option? Again, it, why shouldn't it be up to the parent? So well, part of why parents now suddenly feel that way, let's ask ourselves that, Chuck, because we've created a culture that teaches parents that they're being bigoted or that they're bad people if they don't actually take those steps. So part of what I think is, listen, gender dysphoria for the rare few people who have suffered it mm -hmm. is a condition of suffering. My question is, why on earth are we going out of our way mm -hmm. to create even more of it? And there's no doubt that the cultural movement in this country, even education, is creating more gender dysphoria. If it's a condition of suffering, yeah. let's not create more of it. That's what we're doing. Good answer by Vivek Ramaswamy. But there's more to it. If you 
have heard or seen the clip of Chuck Todd with Vivek Ramaswamy, he falls back on expertise. The experts say, we've heard this now more and more in the last few years, the experts say. The experts, of course, during COVID, we know got a lot wrong, and still it's the experts. I think this gets to something the theologian Tim Keller talked about, the great says who. Uh, if you're a religious person, you believe that your God sets forth morality. If you take God out of the equation, who says what's what? The great says who? The great says who? Who? Well, in this case, the experts fill the void for where God used to be. The experts are the ones who guide us. The experts tell us what to do. Not the political class, not the elected leaders. We're supposed to trust the experts. And this is where progressivism ultimately leads. In the absence of a a moral power, of a moral voice, of a, a moral code of conduct, of cultural relativism, we rely on the experts. And if you produce expertise and research in a peer-reviewed journal, well, it's supposed to be binding on all of us. We've gone from a nation of laws to a nation of experts. The law says X and the expert says Y. The media will bully and badger you if you don't go along with what the expert says. Who cares what the law says? And it allows them a shield behind which to stand. Well, I may be wrong, but the experts say I'm right. Therefore, I go with the experts. It's all a bunch of made-up hooey. Vivek Ramaswamy created a multi-billion-dollar pharmaceutical biotech company, and Chuck Todd has a political science degree. And I know and like Chuck Todd, but he's going to ask Vivek, will the experts say? Vivek's probably an expert, given his background, but he's not the great says who.